Have you ever talked to someone and you felt like you weren't getting through? How many of y'all married? Let's see whether or not you get that or not. I mean, you, 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 you're talking to them, and uh, if particularly if you've had a family, you've had kids, I'm sure you've had this happen, where you've talked to them, and that blank stare goes over their face. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's like, they're not getting what I'm saying. It just doesn't matter. It, you know, it doesn't really matter what you do. They're just not going to get it, and uh, it might make you a little frustrated. And so what you do, you try that again, don't you? You, you talk to them again. You go over it again, over again. Hopefully what you are thinking it's going to happen is sooner or later they're going to get it and and all of a sudden that little light bulb turns on their head you know what i'm saying i mean all of a sudden like hey they got it now the reason or the way you can tell that they got it was they start doing something about what you've just said which leads me to revelation chapter three you may know this is six verses we've been talking about this is our third week on these six verses and uh and it's one of those uh I know when I, I came up on this uh, lesson and started studying this particular portion of Scripture, man, uh, you know, have you ever had something like, wow, this is tremendous, and this is something I need to talk about over and over and over again, and, and I see it in my own life, and I see it in other people's lives, and I thought, man, we need to get this message. And so if you think, man, Reverend, this is your third message on these six verses. Are you going to ever get finished? Probably not. And when I see the light bulb turned on right now, it's kind of dim. And so uh, let me let me encourage you. I really want you to get a hold of this lesson here in Revelation chapter three. It's just one of those areas. I just want you to get this lesson. It's a tremendous, tremendous lesson. And uh, it's interesting as we look at this church, because what he said about other churches, he didn't say about this church. It's really interesting what went on here and all. So I, it's really important that you get a hold of this lesson. Now, we've got to go back to what the problem was. We let's begin there in verse one. And under the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works. Now, uh, we're talking. Who's talking here, class? Who's talking? Jesus. He's the one. That says, and so and we've said this to you so many times. We will keep saying it to you again. If Jesus is speaking, you might want to listen to what he's got to say. You might want to pay attention. Jesus is speaking, so please pay attention. He said this, I know thy works. There's nothing you can do that I'm not aware of. Now, that's, close, that's both a plus and a minus. In a sense, it's wonderful when you're doing right. It's not too good when you're doing wrong. But he's aware of it. He's conscious of what's going on in our lives and all. And here was the problem that, I, that I, it's, just, it's just something that we need to really nail down. He said, thou hast a name that liveth and are dead. He said, what you say and what you do is not the same thing. Have you ever all had that problem before? Um, what you were saying and what you were doing, there is a gap there. And so uh, we, as we began this lesson a few weeks ago, the thing that we mentioned to you, there are some prayers that we want you to pray. Uh, I believe prayer works. Amen? Amen. I, believe, I believe prayer works. I believe the Bible is full of you have not because you ask not. Call unto me, I'll answer thee. Show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I mean, whether you're baffled or no matter what you're going through, we can go to the Lord. I'm so thankful for that and so grateful for that. And so, and it's important as, we, as we're talking to him that it's not just a bunch of things that we're quoting. We're communicating with him, you see. So the first prayer I ask you to pray was this, Lord, help me see the gaps in my life. You know, it's easier for me to see the gaps in my wife's life. Uh, she's sick today, so I can talk about her. And, you know, 
and uh, I'll have to talk kindly. But, uh, but it's easier for me to straighten my wife out. Well, that's not true either. And <laughs> what, am I, what am I thinking? You know, you're meant to say, what is he talking about, man? But uh, uh, I can't straighten anybody out. So anyway, but, but you know what I found out when I try to straighten people out? They don't stay straight. I mean, but when God straightens folks out, have a tendency to stay pretty straight. And so I think it's important to realize that we need to pray, God, help me see the gap in my life from what I say and what I do. Now, I want you to take this personal. I want you to believe that I'm talking to you individually this morning. I want you to get that, you say. I want you to understand that this is one of these lessons that you need to get a hold of. It's a, it's a glaring difficulty in our life on what we say and what we do. So we ask you, God, we ask you to pray this prayer. Now, you may be have been doing it now for two or three weeks, and you're sitting there kind of frustrated because the gap looks so big. I mean, it looks like there's no way I'm going to go from A to B. I just can't, I need, I just, I can't do it. So the next prayer that you've been praying this week was, Lord, help me close the gap. That's not a difficult prayer, is it? Lord, help me see the gap. Lord, help me close the gap. Am I going too fast? Okay, that's what we want. God, help us to close the gap. And it's easy to pray that prayer, but how do you do that? Well, the Bible gave it to you last week. Number one, he says, be watchful. Verse two, be watchful. In other words, wake up, wake up. Uh, you know that what was interesting in this Sardis church, there's a lot of things that he didn't say about this. He didn't say this church was a church that was suffering. Uh, he, he, he didn't say this church was a church that had false teaching. He didn't say that. He, he didn't say this is a church where Satan's seed is. If you read the other churches before we get to Sardis, he talked about all these things, all the problems that the Sardis church, I mean, that the other churches had that Sardis didn't have. So what was their problem? The problem with Sardis, they became complacent. They got more involved with routine than passion. Uh, they were rule keepers rather than being passionate about what their lives were all about. I don't know about you. If you know Christ as your personal Savior, I mean, you've been born again. I mean, you have a life worth living, and we need to be passionate about that life. But I get around a lot of Christians today, and they're simply going through the motions, and they're playing the game called church, and they're pretty good at it sometimes. And so this Sardis church was a complacent church. I mentioned to you last week, this particular portion of scripture kind of reminds us of a country that we live in called America. See, Sardis never believed they could be conquered. The city of Sardis was so situated that they seemed it was impossible for them to ever, to, for them to ever be conquered. Of course, they were twice. And what happened was the thing they thought was protection really was not. And so they, I found this to be the case. When you're asleep, you're more vulnerable. If you're asleep, you're easy to be taken care of and all. And so this is the thing that I believe that why it's so the Lord is pointing it out here. He's saying, wake up. I think he's saying to America, you better wake up. You better wake up. You know, say, well, it's always been so. It always will be. You might want to wake up. Uh, we, we can continually thumb our nose at God and everything's going to be okay. We better wake up. You know, we better get to a situation that we realize that, you know, God's loving and merciful, and I'm sure probably some of you are in the same state that I'm in, you know, where I pray for our country more than I ever have before, and I pray for mercy and grace and, and God to be patient with us and all. But I know that he's, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. We kind of forget that part, don't we? 
We have a responsibility if we want God to work on our behalf. You see, we always pray for God to bless us. And sometimes I think it's such a foolish prayer. Why don't we do what God blesses? See, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin's a reproach. And so, wake up. That's the first thing you said to this church. If you want to get the gap closed, you've got to realize there is a gap. Uh, you've got to take some time this morning, and you, you actually, and I know that it's difficult to come to any service like this. This is probably the worst form of communication, you know, because there's so many things to distract you. I mean, there's so many things that can get on your mind, so you have to really work hard to listen. And so I'm encouraging you. I'm, I'm imploring. I'm challenging you this morning. Pay attention. Take it personal. Wake up. What are the gaps in my life? God, help me to see those gaps. Uh, a couple other things he said, and strengthen the things which remain and uh, the good things that are going on in your life, uh, the positive things that are going on in your life. You need to strengthen those things. You need to, you know, so many times we spend our time worrying over and lamenting over what's lost or what's gone. Uh, we have a tendency to say, well, it used to be. Well, I don't want to be used to be. I want to be a right now. Uh, I, I, I'm thankful for the blessings that God has given us in the past and the difficulties and all that kind of stuff, but, but I want to be involved with the present. I want to realize that God has something for me to do and something for you to do right now. And so strengthen. Uh, if you're a prayer warrior, pray more. If you're, if you're a teacher, teach more. Uh, if you have the gift of hospitality, execute that. Whatever God, whatever you have there that's, that's strong, strengthen that. Then last thing we talked about last week was verse 3. Remember, therefore, thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. We gave the illustration of a sailboat out in the lake, if you will. And we, what we encourage you to do, because if you're in that sailboat and you don't have the sail up and the waters come, you're just simply bobbing around. You're not going to go and too many different, a particular place you need to go to. And what we said to you that reading the word of God is like raising the sail. And a thing that we encouraged you uh, last week, and we're going to talk about it at the end of the message this morning, we, we encourage you to get into the word of God, and when you get into the word of God, let the word of God get into you. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You see, it's the word of God that makes the change in our life. It's not willpower. Uh, it's not the power of positive thinking. It is the word of God that works in our hearts and works in our lives, and that's what makes the change. And so we, we want you, if you're in the, the, the sailboat, if you will, we want you to raise up the sail. We want you to get into the word of God. We want you to read it more. We want you to study it. We want you to commit it to memory. That's what will change your life. That will make the difference in your life. The third prayer and the final prayer of this today was, here it is, Lord, I will overcome. That's the third prayer. Before we get to that, let me give this to you. Are you still in there in, in uh, Revelation 3? Something happens in this particular verse. Go ahead and give, give it to me, uh, Ben, can you? Maybe. Maybe not. Hey, there we go. There's a warning. All of a sudden, we, we see things are going well. He talks about the things that we ought to do. He said, repent. Remember, therefore, verse 3, remember, therefore, thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. Now, it's almost like something happens right there. It's almost like saying, you know, like, uh, again, as I said at the beginning, 
you ever taught or shared the truth with someone and they don't seem to get it? And it's almost like that he's that the Lord's dealing with his church in Sardis, and it seems like they're kind of dazed out. And so he says this look, look at the warning. If therefore thou shalt not watch, you're not going to wake up, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I come upon thee. What he's saying, guys, if you don't wake up, I'm not going to continue to let this go. Now, hey, I'm thankful for the mercy and the grace of God. Amen? I'm thankful for that. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want that not to happen. I don't want God not to be gracious and not to be merciful and not to be... I want that to take place. But if, it, if you're not going to do what I'm telling you, you see, we have kind of the attitude, if, you're not, if we're not careful, we can do whatever we want to do and God can just deal with it. He will deal with it. That's what he says here. If you're not going to wake up, I'm going to come and deal with this situation. If you don't straighten it out, I will come and straighten it out. It's a warning to us. It's a warning that we need to take this message seriously. It's not, well, it's not just, well, we've come to church, and we've got this churchy-type message, and, you know, feel good, act good, be good, and all things will be good. No, it's that you need to wake up. There are some things in your life that you need to deal with. And if you don't do it, I will. You see? Have you ever heard this thing? I don't ever remember my parents saying this to me when they were when they were beating me. They beat me all the time. <laughs> no, no, I probably should have, but it didn't happen that way. But ever the the time that the times that I did get a little uh, you know a little action dealing with me and all, I never heard my parents say this hurts me worse than hurts you. Have you ever, have you ever said that as a parent? <laughs> Straighten up. It doesn't hurt you, at least not in the same place. There aren't spots on the sun when I was a kid. But, you know, sometimes we, we, we say that. But, you know, I really believe with God that's true. I, I really believe that's how, he, how he, he views us. You know why that's the case? Because of how much he loves us. You know, I found this to be the case. If I don't love someone, they can't hurt me. If I love them, they can hurt me really bad because I've opened my life up to them. You see what I'm saying? And some people have the attitude that have been hurt, that you've quit loving because you don't want to be hurt again. But the problem with that kind of life is that you lose the joy. The joy seeps out of your life when you have that kind of attitude. Of course, God never has that kind of attitude. He loves us infinitely. He, he cares for us. And he loves us so much that he's not going to allow us to stay where we are. That's how much you, you know, it, when, you, when you, you know, as a parent, sometimes, you know, uh, I, I heard parents make this statement, well, I love my kids too much to discipline them. I said, you don't love them at all. You love you. It's hard work being a parent, isn't it, guys? It's hard work disciplining our children. I'm not talking about beating our kids. I'm talking about disciplining our children. The Bible says raise up a child. If you're raising up a child the way it should go, it's hard work. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes money. It takes involvement if you're going to be doing that. If you're going to really be involved in making your kid the way that he or she should be, it's going to take some involvement for you from you to get that done. And may I say this? It takes some involvement from God to get us where we need to be. And here's the truth of the matter. He is going to be involved with our lives. He's just going to do it. So he warns us, guys. He warns us. I want you to take care of this. This is not a holy suggestion. This is not something, do it if you want. He said, you need to do this. 
When you walk out of here this morning, you need to understand you have a, I'm going to give you some homework this morning. <laughs> yeah, wrong church service to come to. <laughs> I'm going to actually give you something to do when you walk out of this church this morning, something that is going to help you and strengthen you, and some of you are going to do it. And some of you are going to be so lazy and sorry and low down, you're not going to do it. God bless you. Here we go. Lord, I will overcome. Now, some of you are saying, that prayer, that prayer don't sound right. You ought to be praying, I hope I'll overcome. Or, I, I'd like to overcome. No. I believe it's right here. Lord, I will overcome. The word overcome is a very interesting word we see here in the book of Revelation. It comes from the Greek word. Uh, that the same, it's the same root word that they, the Greek used for the goddess of victory. You know what the goddess of victory is? Nike. Have you heard that name? Nike. That is the goddess of victory. Uh, when you think of the image of Nike, you think about, you know, victory, athleticism, and things of this nature. And what the Lord is saying here in the Scripture, which we'll read here in just a minute, that those that are victorious, and, and you know, here's, a, here's God wants you to be victorious. Uh, he, you know, sometimes I get around people that call themselves Christians, and they're always down the mouth. They're always, it's always a woe is me and all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, hey, listen, if you're a believer, the Bible says we are to be overcomers. We are to be victorious. In fact, he's not going to dress us with tennis shoes with logos on it. The Bible says he's going to dress us in white because he wants us to be victorious. Now, look there in Revelation chapter 3. Look at verse 4. Here it is. Thou hast a, na a few names, even Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. They shall walk with me in white. Again, it's a picture of victory. For they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white remnant, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angel. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now, it's interesting when you read this particular portion of Scripture, and I've seen this happen so many times. We read this, and what people focus on is this statement, I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. And when they read that, they say, does this mean that my name can be blotted out of the book of life? Is there something that I should fear? Uh, did he write this to make us afraid? Uh, you know, will I, you know, and I get around people that, that call themselves believers, and, and they, they, they use this scripture to say, well, you know, will I make it to heaven? Uh, am I really saved? Uh, is there somehow I'm going to lose my salvation? What's interesting, when you read the Scripture, he doesn't say any of that. In fact, in some of the strongest possible terminology, Greek phraseology, if you will, that he talks about here, he says, I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Now, to really understand that, you've got to understand that verse 5, where it says, he that overcometh. You've got to understand the word overcometh. What does it mean to overcome? Well, y'all like to be overcomers. Do I have an amen? How about no me? Okay, now we're, I think I'm with the crowd now. We want to be overcome. I, I want to be victorious. God did not leave me here simply to, to come. God left us here to go for the gold. You see what I'm saying? And I think it's important to understand that God wants us to be overcomers. As you read the scripture in the beginning of the nation of Israel, as well as the church, the word overcomer is in there. Let me give it to you. Genesis 32, 28. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, 
but Israel, for a prince thou hast power with God and with men and hast prevailed, or being an overcomer. Uh, Matthew 16, 18, and I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, shall not overcome it. When you read the scripture, this word overcome is throughout the word of God. It's a very important word. Uh, as we, in the book of Revelation, we see he said that several times, Revelation 2, 7, to the churches, to him that overcome will I give the eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Revelation 2.11, he that overcomes shall not be hurt of the second death. Revelation 2.26, and he that overcome and keepeth my words unto the end, to him will I give the power of the nations. Revelation 3.5, he that overcome, the same shall be clothed in white remnant. Uh, to him that overcome will I give to eat of hidden manna. To him that overcome will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. Uh, Revelation, the last one, to him that overcome will I grant to sit with me in the throne. Can't you imagine what it means to be an overcomer? Do you want to be an overcomer? I believe God wants that for us. But who in the world is this? It's some super Christian. Someone that's just, you know, we look at that person, we think an overcomer, we think of this particular individual. Who is this overcomer? As I read these scriptures to you this morning, and we see that he's making a point that he wants us to understand how important it is to be overcomers. How, who is that? Can I be that? Well, the Bible says you have your Bibles, 1 John 5, 4 and 5. He makes this statement. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God? What the scripture in 1 John 5, 4 and 5 is telling us, if you're a child of God, you are an overcomer. That's what the Bible says about you, that you are. An overcomer and it doesn't mean that that you're not gonna doesn't mean that you're not gonna uh, struggle over things it doesn't mean that you're not gonna go through difficult times but the Bible says and this is the thing I want to so implant within your heart because we're being lied to today and thinking well we can't overcome we're just gonna have to with the mess our life is the way it's gonna be no you can be an overcomer God wants you to be an overcomer he desires that for you but the question is this how can you be an overcomer? And you all want to be overcomers, right? Okay. Then how can you do that without struggle? I've had many tears and sorrows, I've had questions for tomorrow, there have been times I didn't know right from wrong, but in every situation, God gave blessed consolation, that my trials come to only make me strong through it all through it all 
I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. I thank him for the valleys. I thank him for the storms he brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, I wouldn't know that he could solve them. I wouldn't know what faith in God could do. transparent as I can, I am really struggling. I was clicking through the TV yesterday. I don't, I don't generally stop on the Christian station, but I just happened to click it, and there was a guy speaking on stuff like this. It made me so mad. I don't want to hear this. I want to get out of the struggle, don't y'all? We hate the struggle, whether it's you personally or somebody in your family struggling. And, and praying, you know, uh, as I, I think you that do any speaking know this happens. You know, generally what happens on a, on a, on a message is that God uh, 
God's dealing with you, you know. And uh, it's almost like a, I'm just sharing you what God is doing in my life, what's going on. And, um, but the thing that the Lord is really helping me to, I'm, I'm trying to, I like to tell you that I've learned this. I'd like to be able to tell you that I don't have any difficulties with what I'm telling you this morning. But I'd like to tell you, but I can't. Uh, see, what you don't realize, we're more alike than we are opposite. We, we face similar situations and problems. But we have a tendency, and I think, I don't know whether it's satanic, whether it's humanistic, I don't know what it is. But we have a tendency to believe that when the struggles, when our struggles, no one goes through the same struggles we go through. Y'all ever believe that? <laughs> what I'm going through, no one's ever facing what I'm going through. But the reality of it is there's no struggles under this sun that we all, that haven't, haven't been here before. And as much as we pray, God, please, please, God, it is, we're just so tired of the struggle. We're so tired of the, of the, this seemed like there's just no way out. There seems no, no answer. And you may have walked in this morning, and, uh, you know, we, this is not the kind of stuff we talk about very much. When we come to church, we put on our Christian smile, top teeth. And we ask the questions how you are, and we answer them, we're fine. And, you know, but I'm convinced there's folks walking here this morning that, you're not so fine, are you? Not going so good, is it? And this thing about God, you may be, uh, you know, 75% toward being an atheist now because of what's happening, because things aren't working out for you. But here's the deal, guys. Without the struggles, this what you heard Eric sing, I wouldn't really understand the victories if I didn't have the struggles. And as you've walked in here this morning, and I don't know what your struggles are, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your job, whether it's a personal thing you're going through, maybe it's someone that's close to you that's going through it, and you've just, you've walked in here, and I, I understand this, tired of it. You know what I'm saying? Get tired of it. That's the humanity of it. But I'm thankful that when you get to that particular place in your life, that that I think what I, at least from what I find of myself, I find myself very receptive to what God would have to say to me. Maybe he had to place me in a position where uh, I would be willing to listen. And, uh, and so this morning, that may be where you are. And I want to understand that through these problems you're going through, it's not that God doesn't love you. It's the fact he does love you. It's proof he does care. And so that's what he was telling the Sardis church. And that's what we see there in 1 uh, John where he says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And if you're thinking, not me, I'm going to struggle the rest of my life. All I want you to understand, if you're born of God, there's no maybe about it. You will be an overcomer. I think Paul put it this way. You know, help me not to faint, because in due season I'll reap if I faint not. And the problem with quitting and giving up, whatever you may be tempted to, maybe it's with a child or maybe it's in your own personal life or I don't know what it is, but you're really at the very 
edge of real danger. A thing I encourage, and I'm getting ready to give you something I really want you to work on. Uh, it's wrapped up in the Word of God, and it's an assignment that I want you to take. The book of Ephesians is probably one of the most dynamic books to help us to sift through the stuff in our life and to clear up the confusion, because that's a lot of, a lot of struggle is confusion. So I, I want to challenge you to do this, and I want to challenge you to take the book of Ephesians. It's only six chapters, not real but big. Start this afternoon and read one chapter. On Monday, read the second chapter. On Tuesday, the third chapter. On, thir on, on to the sixth chapter. And on Saturday, I want you to read all six chapters together. Okay? Just, if you want to get out of this, you've got to listen to me. If you, want, if you don't want to listen, well, it's going to be your problem. But I'm giving you something that will help you. And when you read this, and there's not, there's not that much you're reading. When you read it, read it with this, Lord, help me see the gaps to my life. Help me discover I want to be transparent. I want to be honest. Help me to do it. I challenge you to do that. Now, if you'll do that, as you're asking God to show you the gaps as you're reading this scripture, then you're asking God to help you to close the gap. And then you're asking God to help you to, to be overcomers and thank him for being an overcomer. And you may have come here this morning and you're kind of stalled in your marriage or you're stalled in your personal relationship uh, with uh, your business, with your whatever it is. You, you've come this morning and you're, you're just so not moving ahead. Well, I encourage you. I challenge you that... This week, I'm giving you an, uh, a formula, which is all in the Word of God. If you'll take this, I believe that it will, change, it will transform your life. Now, you may have come in this morning pretty beat up. You may not be black and blue. Maybe you can't see all the, the, the physical things you're going through. Maybe it's more emotional, mental but you're beat up. And Satan's kind of recommending that what you need to do is that you need to give up. Quit. Well, here's my recommendation. Don't give up. Give in. Let's just give in. You know, we, we're, we're children of the king, guys. about time we start acting like it. You know what I'm saying? It's about time we start acting like it. This world's a very corrupt, evil, wonderful world. God left us here to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ. I don't know how much time we have left. I can't give you those dates. I don't know how much time I have left even alive. I don't know, I don't know how much time I have left being pastor of this church. I don't know. So how long are going to be here? Until I'm not. You want to write that down somewhere? But I can tell you this, guys. Don't give up. Give in. Start this afternoon. Chapter 1, book of Ephesians. Pray, God, help me see the gaps in my life. He's going to show you. God, help me to close the gaps. You got the, you got the, you got the way to do it. He's in the scripture. 
Lord, thank you. You're more than conquerors than the love. Would you bow your heads? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for me. Father, we come to you this uh, morning. We, what a trip it's been going through those six verses. Boy, they've been not easy ones to go through. We've had to face some real difficult times and some things. Not everything's worked. In fact, a lot of things haven't worked. It's easy for us to get discouraged. I'm sure there's folks here that are discouraged, depressed. It's hard to live in this crazy world and not have some of that going on. They may have walked here this morning, Lord, and come in this service, and I believe you've, you've come to meet with us. You've come as an answer. And I, I God, I challenge the folks through your word. I'm not asking God to do something I'm at that, that, that is man's idea. I'm trying to give them God's, God's idea. And it's right there in the book. And I pray that they'll take the commitment, that they'll take the challenge in their heart this morning. I'm going to get this afternoon, I'm going to start this week of, of homework, this week of quest. Where are the, show me the gaps. Help me close them. Thank you, Lord. I'm a conqueror. That's what you look on us. That's what you say about us. No matter what anyone else says. And so, God, I pray you'll help us this morning. Thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? We're going to, first of invitation, God is, you know, you come to sunshine, you know, we still give invitations.